0: worried writer helping you to overcome fear self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done i'm your host sarah painter and i'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer for show notes resources and much more please head to worriedwriter.com and now on with the show Welcome to episode 48 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 31st of January, on a bitterly cold day here in Scotland. There is snow on the hills and a hard frost, making everything look very beautiful, but my walk was a bit of an endurance test. My guest today is Kerry Barrett. Kerry Barrett is the author of eight novels, which include women's fiction, time slip, um, and historical. Kerry and I have similar interests and a similar background, I think. Um, we certainly had lots in common. I really enjoyed talking to Kerry and I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. Before I get to my writing update, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone supporting me on Patreon. It means the world to me and it lets me know that you really do want the show to continue. Don't forget, you'll get an extra mini audio episode mid-month every month and access to the existing backlist of 10, no, sorry, 11 extras, all for just $2 a month, which is about £1.50 in the UK. Massive thanks and a big welcome to new patrons, Grace Teeples and Beth Farrar, and also Thank you to Alyssa McCall who is an existing patron who just upped her pledge. Thank you so much Alyssa. So, onto a wee writing update. January was spent with the publication and launch tasks for releasing my standalone supernatural thriller, The Lost Girls. As you know, I'm always super anxious um, before I release anything, um, and this time was no exception. I was extra worried too because um, I didn't want to upset my existing readers um, because it's a bit different to my previous books and I know how disappointing it is if you pick up a book by an author when you've liked this stuff before and it's just not what you expect. So that was added to my usual um, anxiety but happily I haven't had any hate mail um, and it seems to be doing well. I've had some great reviews and um, some of my existing readers have been in touch to say how much they've enjoyed it so that well that makes all the difference. I'm so happy. It hit the hot new releases chart in launch week as well so that's promising. On a practical note, I do think that I need to work on the blurb for it though. There's sort of lots of twists in there that I don't want to give away, um, but I think I need to tweak tweak the blurb um, and really make it a bit more enticing. possibly need to tweak my keywords and categories as well. Now this, of course, is the curse and the benefit of indie publishing. Um, It's all under my control and I can do endless tweaking if I so desire. Something else exciting, which happened this month, was I was interviewed um, by Janet from World Anvil on their live Twitch stream. Now, World Anvil is a piece of software, or an app, I guess, um, which is for world building. It's aimed at both writers and RPG uh, game players, um, because it helps you to build your world, your imaginary world, um, and to organise all the different elements, you know, images and maps and characters and history and so on. And Janet very kindly has given me a pass to have a wee look at it and I just started uh, this morning and it looks very powerful and very interesting indeed. So I will pop a link to it in the show notes uh, and I will also put a link to the interview um, which is up on YouTube now. Janet asked me all about world building in The Night Raven, um, the first in my urban fantasy series, which is the Crow Investigation series. So if you're interested in my writing process or the inspiration behind my urban fantasy series, uh, do check it out. But I wanted to mention it uh, mainly because I realised that it was something I either couldn't have done or couldn't have done without a great deal of freaking out um, before I started this podcast. Now, don't get me wrong, I was very, very frightened before um, we went live. Uh, Being on camera, answering questions live, answering questions from the audience, that was all very scary to me. But I only started panicking about it really on the day, whereas I know that three years ago, before I started this podcast, um, I either would have said no to doing it, or I would have been worrying and fretting and thinking of really nothing else, probably for weeks beforehand. So the fact that I was only nervous on the day and that I managed to do it, I am taking as just a huge win. Um, Now, of course, I am blethering away and shaking like a muppet on camera, but the fact that I managed to do it is the key point. And really what I wanted to say to you was that Three years ago, um, before I started this podcast, I was terrified of recording intros like this. I also hated editing them because I really hated the sound of my own voice. Now, I still get nervous before I interview someone, and there is always a moment of fear before I hit publish on the show, but I have promised that it will go out on the first, so I always do. And this bit, the chatting to you bit, um, I actually look forward to doing. I I no longer mind the sound of my own voice. I don't love it, but it doesn't make me do a full body cringe in the way that it did in the beginning. So my point is that if I hadn't pushed myself to do this podcast, I would have missed out on so many wonderful experiences and relationships, but also the repetition of doing this every month, the sort of system that I have and the promise that it goes out on a certain date, it's really helped me to gain a wee bit of confidence Now, things really do get easier with practice, which is probably an obvious thing to say, uh, but when I'm feeling anxious about things, my brain lies to me and tells me that doing them will make me feel worse. Now, as always, I am not talking about capital A anxiety here. I'm not a doctor, and when dealing with medical-grade anxiety, you need a medical-grade professional to advise. But when it comes to the more usual kind, and the kind that I think most of us who write or are creative feel, I really want to urge you to just take the leap that you are scared of. Whether it is hitting publish on a blog post or a book, or sending a query to an agent, or letting your critique partner see your work in progress, I promise these things do get easier the more that you do them. Okay, I do hope that that's encouraging. As I've said before, I really am filled with anxiety and worry, and if I can do this, truly anyone can. Don't forget, if you have got a question that you would like answered on the show, email me sarah at worriedwriter.com or find me on Twitter. Or you can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. The other thing that I did this month was to put up my 2019 goals um, up on the Worried Writer website. Um, I put it up early in the month, and I feel like I've hit the ground running uh, with a book launch done already. So it's been really, really busy, but I feel energised and excited on the whole. A big thank you for your responses to the Goals post and for sharing your own. Thank you too for all your messages and tweets, and for sharing the podcast far and wide. Having just let the podcast grow organically for the last three years, I am keen to grow it more proactively this year. If you know someone who might enjoy the show, please do let them know. And if you can spare a moment, a review on iTunes would be great. A quick thank you to some lovely folk on Twitter. Amelia Zeeland, who's at Amelia Writes. Thank you for your kind words and for sharing your 2019 goals. Good luck with them. The lovely Miranda Dickinson, who is at Wordy Smith, Katie Lovell, who is at Katie 5678, and Emily Royal, who is at E Royal Author. And now, onto the interview section of the show. Carrot has written contemporary fiction with magical elements and dual timeline historical fiction, so we have a lot in common. Her books include I Put a Spell on You, A Step in Time, and The Girl in the Picture. Kerry has worked as a journalist for many years, but has recently swapped her staff position at All About Soap magazine for freelance editing and full-time novel writing. Welcome to the show, Kerry, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, my pleasure. It's lovely to be here.
0: I was hoping that you could just break the ice with the audience by telling us a wee bit about your latest release.
1: I can, yeah. Well, I've actually, I'm have actually i in between releases at the moment. So my latest one, which is about to come out, comes out at the beginning of next year, is called The Hidden Women. And it is about a researcher called Helena, who is a researcher on a TV show, which is a very thinly disguised version of um, Who Do You Think You Are?, which I have called, where did you come from? <laughs> so she is invested. She researches celebrities, family trees, and in the process, she uncovers a family secret of her own. Um, and then it swaps between Helena in the present day and her great aunt Lillian, who is during the war is a pilot for the air transport auxiliary, which were women who flew the planes from the factories to the airfields during the war. With no radio, no navigational tools, no they were amazing these women, and so I've done lots of research into them so uh I've learned a lot in the process of writing it,
0: but oh that's fantastic yeah, and that's ex- right so up my street i love i i remember i can't remember which book it was I read um uh, non fiction about the the women uh uh-huh. um yeah flying and it was incredible, and I had no idea before I'd stumbled across this book
1: they're very quiet, and they just It's amazing they did all this stuff and then they just the war finished and they all just went back to their lives. And a couple of them carried on flying. A couple of them ran airfields or but most of them just went back to their own normal lives and didn't talk yeah. about it again it's
0: amazing that was fantastic um so you and i we first met because um we shared the same publisher for our debut novels and um, so your debut is uh bewitched bothered and bewildered and it came out um in 2013 but since then you've published another seven novels and um, so i have to ask what's the secret oh, i don't
1: know <laughs> um, until uh I'm coming up for two years since I was made redundant. So until then, I was working as well as writing. And uh, I wrote a lot on the train on my commute. So I kind of squeezed in my writing wherever I could. So I would um, sit on the train with my tiny iPad perched on my knee and type away. And I got loads done then, absolutely loads on my commute. It was, it was very fruit man. it's only you know, 25 minutes to Charing Cross from where I live. But I managed to get a lot done. Um, I do a lot in the evenings. My son is a swimmer, so he swims many times a week. So I do a lot of writing, poolside, watching him. And uh, I kind of – and at now, obviously, I've, I've got the time to do it more. So I'm more regimented, like I do sort of keep – I do it when my little one's at school and – and so that's fine. I've, I've got more luxury of time now. So,
0: what was the transition like for you, going from squeezing in the time, and then everyone's dream is to write full mm-hmm. time? Um, but was it a tricky transition, or was it all you it, hoped for? Yeah,
1: it was. Um, I suppose it was quite lucky in that as soon as I finished the magazine, it was, I finished at Christmas. So then it was Christmas, and then New Year came, and I was straight into edits for the girl in the picture which was my most recent release which came out last year. So um because I was straight into edits I didn't really have time to think so it was brilliant. So I had I could do all the edits on that without worrying about how I was going to fit it in. And then yeah, so that kind of got me in the swing of things and then I started writing um my The Hidden Women and it just I've kind of got into a bit of a routine now. So it was I think I was lucky. I think if I hadn't had those edits straight away with a deadline, I might have been a bit floaty and a bit. Oh, look at me with all my time in the world. I've been a lot of Netflix. I have to be honest.
0: But, it's research, research. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and
1: uh, yeah, so it was. It was quite funny to have all that time, and it almost made me less productive initially because. I felt like oh I've got loads of time to do this and then suddenly I would be going oh I've got a day to finish 20,000 words but yeah it's it's very I, I'm i really lucky now that I can do this full time and I do do other stuff because I wrote for a tv magazine so I write a lot about the soaps so I spend quite a lot of time watching soaps as well and uh I still write about the soaps and I really you know I wouldn't want to give that up because I really love doing that so I'm quite lucky that I can do
0: bits and pieces mm, no that's brilliant and how do you um Speaking as somebody who also does a few other wee bits and pieces, um, do you have any sort of tips for um, balancing things or keeping a good routine or any tips for me? um, I tend to
1: just do whatever's the most pressing. So Mm. um, sometimes when I'm doing my TV stuff, it depends who I'm writing for, but sometimes I'll have to do it but like I'll be doing a shift. So I'll work from nine to three or whatever on that website and just have to be there. So obviously that then takes priority or other times I squeeze in. I Sometimes I reward myself with my own writing. So I think, oh, I'll do this feature about Sally being in prison in Coronation Street and then I'll let myself write a chapter. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of just do whatever's the most pressing, but I'm, you know, I've been a journalist for a long time, so I thrive on a deadline. That's what I, that's why I, I just need dead. I don't really understand how people work when they don't have deadlines. Like no, nope, I'm on. the same. <laughs> how do you do anything?
0: Yeah, I think that, I think the journalism background is really helpful for that one, if nothing else. I think I'm so grateful for it, for that. Yes, um, yeah, yeah understand and um in terms of um your own writing work so do you track it do you aim for a particular word count every day or time spent or anything like that no I don't really
1: I know people do that don't they but I don't I tend to kind of aim for a chapter a day or I sort of consider it a triumph if I write more than a chapter (laughs) Uh yesterday I wrote a chapter and a half and I was very pleased with myself and um but i don't really track it. i don't use scrivener or anything like that i don't have i i just write on word so no i don't i don't really set myself challenges but i i do write down my word count normally when i'm mm. probably when i'm towards the end of it and i'm i just like seeing it up so i like i write down every day what i'm on and then i cross it off and write down the next day so which i quite like doing because then i'm like oh look i'm on 60,000 words but i don't i don't really set myself challenges i just do it i just mm. It down,
0: keep going. Oh, brilliant! But I like the I, I mean, I like writing down my word count as well, and I think I think having um seeing progress yes. in some way because novels are so blinking long, yeah. So, um, but let's go back to the beginning, and I'm going to ask you the question that every writer always gets asked Did you always want to be a writer?
1: I think I did, mm-hmm. but I think I didn't know that I did. I was a reader first so when I was small I was a very prolific reader so I would read all the time constantly and reread books all the time and and then I think I I did write stories I remember writing stories when I was at primary school and then when I was at secondary school I used to write uh it was the era of Jackie Collins and the big bunk busters and I would write Silly short stories based on the girls in my class and the boys that they fancied. Like they would go, Oh, now write me one about Sosa. And so I would. I had this little, because it was just fun. I would do it at lunchtime and they'd read it out, and everyone would go, Oh, it's really funny. And then journalism, I think, I don't think I ever considered being a writer, like a novel writer, but journalism was a way to write. It was definitely the writing side of journalism that I wanted rather than the investigative.
0: Just to say, I complete. I was exactly the same, <laughs> but, but going into journalism. I didn't think being an act, being a novel writer was in the slightest bit realistic. So, um, and what was your path to publication then? When you did start?
1: To- oh well, it was quite a long, slow path to publication. Quite a windy path. I'm sure everyone's got a similar story. <laughs> so I had. Oh, it was in 2005 because I was doing it when I got married so I'd taken a novel writing course at Morley College in at Waterloo which is, does lots of adult education classes and during the course of that year I started writing a novel which became The Witch Bothered and Bewildered and then so obviously I was writing this novel got married had some babies got made redundant blah 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 blah. and eventually in 2013 I'd finished it completely submitted it to some agents had no joy started writing a sequel and then in the same week i saw that two publishers had um launched digital first imprints i can't even remember who the other one was but one was karina and whatever the other one was so i submitted to both of those karina came back very quickly and said no and i i don't think i ever heard back from the other one and then a couple of weeks later in it was we it was the day we were going on holiday actually so I got an email from them saying, "Oh, we know we said no, but then somebody else read it and they really liked it, and we really want to publish it." And did you say you'd written a sequel? Because we'd like to publish that too. And they'd had they'd been running a Halloween competition to uh, publish a book on Halloween, and I, which I had not entered. And they said, "We want you to enter this competition." And oh, by the way, you've won, and so that we're going to publish it on Halloween. <laughs> So that was July. It was the end of July. So we were going. So I said, this is all brilliant. We are going on holiday in two hours. I'm very excited. But, you know, so then I was at and they said, we've got to go really fast on this because we want to publish it on Halloween. So I was at Gatwick Airport with them sending me deal memos. And so it was very and I didn't have any, you know, I didn't even have a laptop because I'd mostly been that one. I'd written longhand on my commute to work and then typed up in my lunch hour at work. So I didn't have a laptop. You know, I didn't have anything. So it was really fast it was crazy but it was brilliant <laughs>
0: yeah oh it's it, so exciting
1: yeah. so it was a bit of a you know it took me however long to write that first book six years to write that first one and then since then I've written a lot more
0: <laughs> well you say it's sort of long and windy but um I've definitely heard worse
1: yeah
0: um, but that was so exciting there at the end, my goodness.
1: Yes, it was really exciting and it was it was almost like I didn't really believe it was happening and mm. when uh it was an email I got and uh and my husband was out on a bike ride and I had no one and I was standing in the kitchen going, I've got no one to tell. <laughs> I need to tell someone and my children were quite small then, so they didn't care. <laughs> look, look at this email.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And um, I was wondering uh, about if you've got any advice, really, looking back to 2013 Kerry or to somebody listening who's maybe more at that stage, what advice would you give somebody or yourself um, about whether it's about writing or about pursuing publication or any of that?
1: My mantra when it comes to writing is I'm very inspired by Dory in the Finding Nemo films and how she says, just keep swimming. And I say it to—I've got a writer friend called Amy Horton, who we swap chapters all the time. And I always say it to her. I say, Amy, just keep swimming. I wear a charm bracelet on my wrist. I've got a little fish on a charm that reminds me. And I think that's the only thing that I can say to people, like, just keep going, because it will—it will happen eventually. And you know, I, I was listening to another writer podcast recently. Which I love called the bestseller experiment. Which oh, I, yes, uh, I
0: know. That's a really good one.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I can't even remember who was on it, but whoever it was said, oh, you can, if you've got a thousand words that are rubbish, you can edit a thousand words that are rubbish. You can't edit nothing. So just keep going, like keep your head down and just keep going. That's my only advice, really. Just just keep swimming. <laughs>
0: Fantastic I think that's excellent advice and um, in terms of just keeping on going and so on I wondered if you would um, talk a wee bit about your own process for example do you plan or do you write a terrible first draft and then?
1: I do a bit of both actually I do plan I am a planner so um, I do what I tend to do is write an outline initially with a kind of beginning middle and an end. And that's normally on an A4 sheet of paper. And then I print it out and I start writing. And as I start writing, things change. Like I realise, oh no, that won't work with that person. That needs to be, that person needs to be a different age or that person needs to fall in love with that person. And I'm very old school. I scribble on my initial outline and stick post-its on it and write in different colors and draw arrows going from one to the other and then when it has got to the point where I can scribble no more because it's so covered in scribbles I type it up again and print it out and I always staple the new one on top of the old one so by the end of my novel I often have like 12 or 15 pages of different outlines that have all come from that initial first outline so I am a planner but in a different kind Very of, way. Sort of
0: organic sort of a way that's oh well, that's really interesting i do think that there's there's something to be said for um doing some things physically like whether it's you know people do it at different stages but you know getting the colored pens out or oh, okay. you know i mean i love all of that and sometimes if i'm really stuck changing changing up what i'm trying yeah in order to think about the novel um, yeah, can be really helpful um, and i do have a post-it note absolute obsession so
1: can't go wrong with a post-it note
0: no or stationary of all kinds I was just about to show you my colour pens but then I thought it's a podcast Sarah no <laughs> one can see them <laughs> I am <frustrated>, honestly. <laughs> um so this is though the worried writer so I'm very sorry but I'm going to have to <laughs> delve into any sort of struggles that you may have when you are writing so do you ever struggle or suffer with block um
1: I do I don't tend to suffer from block I don't know if you feel the same. Being being a journalist, that you know, news yeah. editors have no truck. You can't say, "Oh, I'm not feeling creative today." You just <laughs> got to get on and do it. So I don't tend. I can always write something. Mm. I actually it was quite interesting because when I was preparing for this podcast, I started thinking about what worries me, and I've discovered that what worries me is is not the writing. I think maybe because I've been doing it for so long, maybe because it's been my job for a hundred years. I just do it. I just write. But once I've written, this is the bit that I can't, Oh my, my, I've just written. It's something very different from my agent. It's not historical. It's all contemporary women's fiction. And I can't even think about her reading it. It just makes me want to cry. And I haven't heard from her for a couple of weeks. And she even said to me, you will not hear from me for a couple of weeks because I need to read it. And I need to think about it and blah, blah, blah. And it's Frankfurt next week. And, and even though I know that I'm like oh my god she hates it and every time I'm just so scared like I can't I honestly can't even think about her reading it because it just makes me want to be sick and the same when people say to me oh I've just bought your book I'm like don't buy it don't buy it don't read it because I can't bear it and it's just awful it's, so yeah. for me it's the process it's the aftermath that I'm, I just want to hide and oh I so don't. much
0: empathy so much empathy <laughs> when people say oh I've bought that I know say, "Oh, I've bought your book I want I sort of I do the full body cringe oh. and then I say thank you so much but also what I really want is people to buy the book and then never read it but or if they do never tell me about never it tell me, yeah
1: I don't just, want to know
0: I just just
1: <laughs> it's, it's so I've funny been, oh, your book? and then there's a pause and I think oh no they're gonna go
0: yeah
1: just feel so exposed don't
0: we it's very hard
1: yeah yeah it's it's really strange it's
0: yeah well hopefully I think I'm saying this to to both of us hopefully and I do (laughs) believe that this will get easier I think that that will get easier or we'll just get used to it or something
1: surely (laughs) I'm beginning to realize that people won't tell me they've read it if they didn't like it yes like that's it yeah people that I know anyway so You know, that's a good thing. And actually, weirdly, I quite like reading reviews, even when they're bad, because I learn quite a lot from bad reviews. (laughs) Oh, look at your face. No, I do not like that. (laughs) But I still brace myself to do it. But I kind of see it as constructive. Well, some of them are not constructive, are they? (laughs) Not download properly. One star. I
0: wouldn't know, Carrie, because I don't read them.
1: (laughs) 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 No, like I read one recently that said, oh, this author really loves the word brilliant she uses it all the time and I thought that's not true so I went and opened my file and did a find and replace. you know when you can mm-hmm. save up and like, you have know, this brilliant 422 times and I thought oh no so now I'm really aware of not using it. So things like that I think are quite useful but yeah not all of them
0: no I think I think you're very sensible I think there is lots and I I've definitely not the only person who has said to me that they have found you know genuinely useful things um so you know if that's if you're able to look at your reviews and get something constructive from them and that's that's super um but yes not for me (laughs) (laughs) um so in terms of the worry we were talking there about um how the the bulk of of your sort of anxiety or worries come after the book is finished and out in the world. Um, do you have any strategies for dealing with that?
1: No, not, not so much when it's out in the world. I think when, so for example, now i I'm in a funny position at the moment because my editor at HQ is reading or rereading my, the hidden women because I've just finished the edits on that. So, and then, my agent is reading this contemporary women's fiction. So I've kind of got two out that are being read. And so I, I just kind of rationalize it. So I, when I have a feel like, Oh no, I've done all those edits wrong. And I don't know if I did. I go back and I read the email again. And I think, no, I did do that. I did. I did address all those concerns. Like I just kind of rationalize it. And, and the other one, I just don't think about (laughs) because it's really different from my other writing. And I don't, I don't know.
0: This is what wine is for. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> in the end. Yes, that's
1: wine and chocolate.
0: Oh. So um, in terms of, um, I know that you said that you don't particularly struggle with the actual writing, which is super. Um, do you have any recommendations for resources or um, books or anything that's helped you sort of develop your, your writing? Do,
1: yes. So in the writing of this most recent contemporary women's fiction, um, I was really struggling with the plot because it was different from my time slip and you know generally I've got a bit of a formula now for my time slip you know there's a mystery in the present day and they have to solve it and, and in the past and blah 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 and uh this one was very different so I kind of went back to basics and I started reading so I went back I love on writing by Stephen King which I know everyone loves um I also really love John York's Into the Woods um because John York is a soap man he is an EastEnders man and um so I you know he's just my prince I think he's marvelous so I I've got his book so I reread really that and then I also read Save the Cat by Blake Snyder which is a screenwriting book but is just so brilliant and he is you know I love Into the Woods I absolutely love on writing but Save the Cat has really helped me consolidate my plotting and I'm um, like with the beats of how things should happen and I've just kind of gone back to basic I feel like I need to relearn my craft a bit because that always sounds a bit pretentious doesn't it I've been learning my craft but because I kind of learned it one way and now I'm doing something different so I mm. need to relearn it and I think you were always learning aren't you and you know just the writing process helps you learn but it's been really interesting to go back and and it's actually changed the way I've done my outline I've been putting the plot beats on my outline now which I've never done before I've never really thought about how it looks and um, you know talking about things like the mid I'm nearly at the midpoint and which I've never done before but I feel like it's kind of more controlled and it's helped me a lot so I'd really recommend that book, Blake Snyder's Save the Cat and there's actually a Save the Cat for novel writing coming out at the start of October which I've ordered on Amazon already so I'm quite excited about that one and also I keep going to cinema with my sons and doing it putting all the films in the right like and there's in the a, structure
0: mm. yeah
1: he says oh, there's always oh. a whiff of death and it doesn't matter what film it is there's a whiff of death and we went to see um the incredibles i was like that's it there's the whiff of death <laughs> in disney film like there's always a whiff of death and things so yeah it's really interesting but i really recommend that really good very very easy to understand and very straightforward
0: no oh, fantastic it's, i'm always looking for um Uh, recommendations because I do love to learn and I think like you say we're always learning in this um and I I think it's completely and utterly normal for you to be feeling um a wee bit uh, out of your depth or something because of trying something new but that doesn't mean I think I think that's good I think we should keep on trying new things I mean personally I I get bored easily so (laughs) which is yeah I know really I should just write exactly the same sort of book over and over again but um
1: do they like i like seeing it even with authors that i like to read you can see the progress of you know like adele parks how she's gone from writing one sort of book to another sort of book and and you can see their progress and how they've learned throughout their or marion keys and you know i think it's brilliant that you can i think it's a really good thing to do to keep changing and keep stirring it up
0: Oh, I completely agree. And I'm feeling very sort of positive and energised from from this, from this writerly (laughs) chat. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So just to finish up, um, what are you working on at the moment? Or what's next for you?
1: Ah, well, I've got a few things on the go, actually. So like I say, The Hidden Women is done now. I've got another time slip to write for HQ, which I am in the i've kind of plotted it out it's going to be about the suffragettes i think so that's going to be quite fun and uh a teacher in the present day it's going to be a teacher and then the past story is about suffragettes um i've got the contemporary women's fiction that i've been writing for my agent which is i would say maybe a third done i've probably she's got quite a shonky first draft i need to rewrite i think probably another twice before it's ready to go out but it's I think it's getting there I feel like it in on writing Stephen King says that he's like an archaeologist and uncovering and I really felt when I was writing that I really felt that that was what I was doing I started writing one story and then I was like oh no it's really about mothers and daughters and I seen I see now what it's about and then I but so I need to go back and kind of properly uncover it and then while I, I'm in a bit of a lull because one's with my agent one's with my editor so I'm just dabbling with writing a thriller just for fun see what happens I'm not sure what's going to happen with it but it's I'm quite enjoying writing it so I've <laughs> never done it like before
0: oh brilliant more learning yes yes absolutely <gasps> exciting and um I really I just realized that I haven't asked you about your editing work I don't know whether you are taking on clients or whether you want to say anything about that
1: oh yes well on the side I do some editing so I do um you know the copy edits i love just copy editing and taking out commas and adding in semicolons and all that and i also do manuscript critiques and i absolutely love it i love editing so much i find i really think that editing other people's writing makes me a better writer but also it's just brilliant like i read all different i've done some fantasy and some crime and some uh supernatural stuff and all manner of things I'm about to start editing a children's book which is my first children's book I'm doing next week so um yeah I love doing it and yes I'm always up for new
0: clients fantastic and can people find out about that on your author website or is there a separate place
1: Uh, no there's a tab on my author website so yes
0: it's all there and what's the what's the web address for that just kerrybarrett.co.uk well that's handy and um, well i'll put a link in the show notes but also just to say that i can vouch for your amazing editing because uh kerry <laughs> just copy edited uh, the night raven which is out next month so thank you again
1: i did and i loved it so oh. everyone, because it was absolutely brilliant and i'm very excited about the next installment thank Sarah, you no so pleasure. much
0: <laughs> thank you um so in addition to your website, where can people find out um, find you online? Do you waste time on social media, Gary? Yes, I am lovely on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kerry
1: Bean seventy three, and I'm on Facebook. I
0: think my Facebook is just Kerry Barrett Writer. That's I fine. I will. I'll put the links in the show notes so that people can find you. Um, but thank you so much for your time. It has been lovely to chat to you
1: yes and you thank you very much
0: thanks for listening today for show notes and links head to worriedwriter.com if you'd like to connect find me on twitter at sarah r painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter. see you next time